Welcome to the Digital Investors Podcast with Matt and Liz Rad, where we explore how you can invest in the new digital economy with expert interviews, proven strategies, and stories of success. Get inspired to grow your portfolio for the future. G'day everyone, it's Matt Rad here, and today I'm really excited with today's special guest, Dom Wells from OnFolio.com, because Dom has an absolutely fascinating and inspirational story for our community, because you're going to hear Dom's story in detail, but he basically started out with nothing, to today he's now raising millions of dollars to buy websites and build up a portfolio of websites. And what we want to do in today's webinar is look into that um, not just today, what Dom's doing is incredibly successful now with onfolio.com, but also have a look at his background as some inspiration for you guys to see where this journey can start. So thank you, Dom. Thanks so much for coming along. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I'm looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, it was really good having you. We just we should mention we just had Dom speak at one of our boot camps, and that's why I want to do a follow-up interview with you, Dom, as, as we, you know, we had a lot of fun. You inspired a lot of people there with your story to hear your personal story. But just in a nutshell, and just to you know, have a quick chat about what you do today with onfolio.com, and then we'll look, we'll we'll go back in your story. But what where are you at now with onfolio.com? you're buying and selling websites aren't you yeah yeah we um to date we've raised uh about four and a half million us dollars and um we use our money to basically buy online businesses so some of them content websites a couple of e-commerce um some some courses communities and the idea is we want to buy and hold and, and create a um an online Berkshire Hathaway type holding company. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing now. Awesome. And then with that, so you bring on board passive investors. That is that part of the plan, and you give them presumably a return each year. Uh, well, that's how we started out, but we're actually hoping to take on Folio Public later this year. Um, wow. So it's 2022. Whenever people are watching this, um, so then investors would just buy our shares and. Um, you know, I uh, hope that the share price appreciates over time. Wow. So that's a, now that's, that's a big start. So in, in our community, we've got a whole range of, you know, people in their journey. We've got advanced people, we've got intermediate and total beginners. And we also have a range of people like we've got a lot of ex-professional real estate investors, for instance. We also do have a lot of people who are trying to bootstrap their, you know, buying and building websites and building up a portfolio of um, money-making websites. So for you, you look at your success now where you're at, raise millions of dollars, possibly going to an IPO, which is you know, listing on the stock exchange um, to buy websites, which is seriously impressive. Was it always like that, Dom? That's that's the bit that I think <laughs> our community probably wants to, you probably don't look back at, the, at those times, but how long ago did you start with websites? Or, or actually, what's your background? What's your original background? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I, my background was in media. So I, I studied media at university uh, back in 2003, uh, graduated 2006. And in 2008, I moved to Taiwan to teach English. Um, yeah. And, you know, up until this point, I don't think I had any entrepreneurialism in me. Or if I did, it was, you know, it was buried deep down. 
I thought, okay, if you want to build a business, you need to study business in, in sixth form. You need to do an MBA and all those things. And, or you need to be a genius like Steve Jobs or something. And so yeah. I, you know, it just wasn't on my radar at all. And then at, at one point I read the Rich Dad Poor Dad books. Um, I read mm-hmm. Four Hour Work Week, And what they taught me was not so much a blueprint of how to succeed, but they just made me realize that anyone can succeed if they just learn. Um, so, you know, you just have to start reading I mean, Rich Tapporda, he just wants you to buy more of his books. But the um, <laughs> the general message I got was, if I keep working at this for five years or 10 years, I can get somewhere. Um, and this was in 2012, so it was exactly 10 years ago. Um, and so when I, when I got started, I didn't have much money. I was teaching English, which was an okay life. Mm-hmm. But I, every month I basically saved like, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars, like uh, US per month. And um, so I didn't have many savings. Um, and I discovered affiliate marketing. So I was okay. basically yeah. very bootstrapped. You know, I, w- I, I was in debt and I couldn't spend any more money. And so I just sat down and all I had was time. So I would write articles, I would watch videos, I would learn SEO. Um, and, you know, bit by bit, I started earning a bit of money and paying off the, the credit card and um, reinvesting in, in better um, website design software, stuff like that, and then slowly building a team. And um, when things really accelerated for me was in 2014, when I came up with the idea for Human Proof Designs, uh, a business mm-hmm. which I sold in 2019. Um, yeah. And what Human Proof Designs did was Back in 2010, 2012, Flipper was full of garbage websites, just like these turnkey fake websites where it would be like, a really popular one was one selling social media likes. It was like, oh, this business sells Facebook likes. You can become a millionaire. And and they were just selling the same business over and over again for like 197 or something. And so I said, well, why don't I create actual like starter affiliate sites? Um, and there's loads of businesses now that do this, like Human Proof Designs does it, uh, Niche Website Builders does it, a um, yeah. couple of others. Um, yeah. And Human Proof Designs, really, we were the first ones to do it. And the others, they either copied us or they you know, they just had the same idea. Um, but back then, it was fairly unheard of. So I started blogging how to succeed with affiliate marketing. I was, by that point, making a couple of grand with my own website. So, you know, I wasn't, I was like, I'm making a bit of money. Here's how you can get started. Uh, I can build you some sites. And, um, so we just started doing a service and that was really what changed my life because by 2016, I think we were doing about a million dollars in revenue a year. So I was wow. making a couple of hundred grand a year. Um, right. From like, my first 18 months I didn't even make a grand in a month you know and yeah. so it's like very very slow in the beginning but I'd seen yep. enough sales trickle in to teach me that like if I can make $500 in a month maybe I can make five grand um yeah. and it actually accelerates quite quickly like once I made one grand I think the next month I made two and then the next month I made four and then I sort of fluctuated between five and ten for a few months then I went to ten and I was just like oh wow like I've made it. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was, yeah, that, that's kind of what I did then. And then eventually so I, what, I wanted to get yeah, go well, ahead. Well, in that journey, at what point did you quit your job there? Because I know we've got a lot of people listening who are thinking, right, where do I, where can I quit my job? So I know you're, so you're an English teacher in Taipei and you're still in Taipei now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so at what point did you quit your job? Do, do you remember? This is a funny, yeah, yeah, this is kind of a funny story. So um, in, in Taiwan, obviously, we have Chinese New Year and my school didn't pay a salary. It paid um, uh, just hourly. So if I didn't have any classes, I didn't earn anything. So Chinese New Year was always a rough month, especially as if it was in February. There's another mm. public holiday in February in Taiwan and my wife's birthday and Valentine's Day. So it was a pretty expensive <laughs> month <laughs> and I didn't earn anything. Um, yeah. And so I think February 2013 or, f- wait, I think, yeah, either February 2013 or 14, I basically made like no money that month. And I had been trying to build my online business for about six months. Um, and, you know, I remember saying to myself, okay, this time next year, like by next Chinese New Year, I want this to not be an issue anymore because I've either quit yeah. my job or because I'm just earning enough on the side that I don't have anxiety about yeah. not earning anything in, in my main job. Um, and I was super impatient the next year. I'd be teaching, I'd be teaching and I'd have a naughty student and I would just be like, my brain would just be thinking like, just a few more months and I'll be earning enough to quit. Like I was mentally checked out for like the final six months, yeah. but I couldn't, I couldn't break past 500 a month. Like I got one website to 500 a month and then another yeah. one started going up and then the 500 a month one. I got my wish though, because just before the next Chinese new year, my boss retired and she shut down the school and I had job offers at other schools. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go full time at another school, uh, but I can't go full time with my online business. There awesome. wasn't this big, oh, I'm going to quit my job thing. It was like a transition where I, I went from full-time to part-time to very part-time. Yeah. And then it was weird because then I started earning like 5K a month um, yeah. and I didn't need to teach anymore. But I didn't want to fire my students. Like I didn't want to quit because I was paranoid that the second I quit, yeah something would happen with my business and then I'd be like, oh no, now I've got no students and no business. But also I kind of felt like it was a little bit of a slap in the face to my students. Like they had really done, they didn't know, but they had really saved me at my bacon and they agreed to let me teach them at home. And if I then turned around and said, I don't need you anymore. um, I just felt like that was a bit of a slap in the face um so what i did was i just let them churn so i just kept teaching them until you know students after six months they're like you know what i i don't i don't need a teacher anymore and i just didn't take on any new students so i just kind of gradually phased that out over about a year okay Um, yeah so is it which was yeah i don't know there's a nice transition for you then to earning full-time income off your websites or if you're you know building website portfolio yeah it was because i was earning when I first started, I was like, if I can just earn like three grand a month, which yeah. in, in, in NT, Taiwan dollar, it was 100,000, which to me felt like a huge amount of money. So I was like, if I can just earn 100,000 NT a month, yeah. um, 
I'll, you know, I'll just hire someone to run the business and I'll just go play golf all day. Um, <laughs> but so it didn't pan out like that, Dom, for you? No, because it turns out 3K is not that much. <laughs> like yeah. once you, once you, and also like it's, you know, my identity is in my business and my, ah, uh, yeah, that's... it's, I don't mean the business is wrapped around my brand. I mean, I get my place in life from yeah. what I do in my business. So if I quit yeah. my business, I'd be like, what do I do now? I mean, my daughter would take over the priority, but <laughs> um, no, you just, you just, you, you want more and not necessarily from a greed point of view, but from a success, from a validation, from a satisfaction point of view, you just want to keep going. And 10 years later, I, uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I seem to be, Still going, doing all right. Yeah, doing very well. And, yeah, and you're ever you're a legend in the industry. You've been around, and to to see that story, you must pinch yourself. You know, English teacher, start out living in Taiwan and building these portfolio sites, bootstrapping them, literally maxed out your credit card, to now raising you know millions and millions of dollars to buy websites. So when you first, let's then jump to the now. So that's your Obviously, you're successful at this, you, you, and I, it's really interesting what you said. Your identity is tied up in what you do. Like you, you're obviously passionate or love, like all of us do. You love building website portfolios. How did you make the transition then to raising money? What what made you want to do that? Uh, there were a few. I should be able to do something bigger. And one thing I've learned in the last two years is it takes the same amount of effort to build something small as something yep. big. So you might as well swing for the fences. Totally. Um, yeah and so i just was like what can i what 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 am i good at what do i like doing i like buying websites um can i do more of that yeah but it takes time because i buy a website then i have to build up my cash reserves again and buy another one so how can i do more of it like maybe i could raise a fund you know and I, I had no idea <laughs> like i was like how do funds work um but i was like maybe i can raise you know i can use other people's money and um we can take a profit share or i can charge a management fee or something so I started learning about funds and um, portfolio like holding companies and um, right, all of right. these things and sort of followed my nose to just being like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I decided against the fund structure, but um, the, the, the vehicle's the same, raise money and like buy websites and investors get a decent return, hopefully. And yeah, it allows me to build that, substantial thing that justifies all the effort and and the sort of sites that you guys are buying what what do you mainly focus on now um well we're always kind of evolving that it's quite a dynamic deal flow but we like content but not sort of those rinky dink affiliate websites so um mm-hmm. we just we just bid for a i think a 4.5 million dollar course business so like a digital mm-hmm. course um, and we bought a couple of e-commerce businesses and some, we actually have some service businesses like SEO services. Um, mm-hmm. We have some like websites about dogs. So it's, it's a wide range. And we do, one of our challenges is thinking, okay, let's, let's narrow our focus a bit. So we're trying to hone our um, philosophy. Um, but essentially, yeah, like we just want kind of <laughs> good quality online businesses, which is yeah. uh, quite an ambiguous term well one of the well one of the questions i'd love to ask you in especially in light of your background you know you you bootstrap this 
earning money online thing by basically building websites. So, Dom, you know, the, the big question for you now, I know you buy websites, but buying versus building, what what's your thought there? Like are you, you know, thinking about your background, are you interested in building websites ever again? Would you do that? Like yeah, at your yeah, level actually, versus, because um, I'm thinking for the sake of our listeners, you know, think of them. Some of them are going to be where you were 10 years ago, right? But now you've been on that whole journey over the 10 years and looking back over it, what's your thoughts on building versus buying websites? Um, yeah, like, I mean, Would you depends. do that in Onfolio? Yeah, I, I'm thinking actually about like having a division of Onfolio which does ground up sites kind mm-hmm. of in... Um, in you and you and Vince's uh, mold in his image, yep. I guess. But um, yeah, uh, if we were going to start a new vertical, like a Web three agency or something in crypto, we would start from scratch because there's probably not as many good things on the market. Oh yeah, on the market. Yep. Um, the other advantage of building is you you can control everything, so you don't come in and be like, "Oh, this site's a mess. I've got to fix it up." Instead, you you um, you get to control everything from the beginning, which which actually, in the short term, yeah, building takes ages, but it, it pays dividends in the long term. Um, you could also do something, and this is what you teach: you can, you know, buy a business for a few grand, so that the risk is yeah. low or lower. Yeah. Or obviously, you're still risking yeah. money, but um, you get all the advantages of buying a business that's already established. You don't have to wait six months to. Yep. Um, see if your idea even has traction. Um, and those smaller sites, typically there's less for you to fix if it's a mess. So um, I'm kind of bearing in mind who your audience are most likely to be. Mm-hmm. I would say the the challenge with buying a website is if you don't know what you're doing, then it's pretty mm-hmm. risky. There are So if you buy a $500 one or a few and you can afford to lose that okay that's going to be the fastest way to learn but if you don't know what you're doing and you buy a fifty thousand dollar website then you're probably going to lose fifty thousand dollars so um yeah it really depends what people want if they want the fastest lesson possible i'd say buy something small um but also learning how to build does give you skills that will benefit you later when you become a buyer so that's that's the path i took and, and that's your journey, you know, building and is what we're really passionate about here now is as you met all our guys on the weekend at the boot camp is teaching them, look, it's really worthwhile in this sort of a market to learn properly how to build good websites, whether or not they make you money, it's a learning part. And then, like you said, you can apply it to much bigger sites as you get out there and, you know, they, they'll actually know how to run them. And for you in your, I'm just interested with um, on Folio, in terms of business size that you'll buy, how small do you go? Are you are, like, I, I'm just thinking for people in our community because you know it's, there's a number of them that have got good six-figure style websites, or you know some of them have got sites you know worth fifty to hundred grand. Some of them have got sites worth a lot more than that. But do you ever buy sites off people like that at a smaller level? Like, how small would you go down to? Um, it really depends. Like, so. It depends on the niche and the circumstances of the site. Like we might go down to that level, mm-hmm. but typically the PLs 
and the profit margins work better the, the bigger we buy because they just have more right, of their expenses yeah. built in. But um, um, but it really depends. It, it, like I said, if it's a new niche that we want to enter or it's actually related to an existing niche, then we, we're kind of less concerned with the price, I guess, and more like, okay, does this add value to our existing portfolio? Um, but yeah, so we, we would consider it, I guess, but typically we buy 500,000 and above. Oh, okay. um, so yeah. it just, it just depends on, you know, if there's a, a compelling reason for us to go lower. And one of the other interesting questions that I think we, we talked about on the weekend with you was obviously in our community, we're training a lot of people who are really good at you know, building websites or renovating them or you know, fixing them up and improving them. And basically they're learning the skills of building a team and being what you call an operator. So what I'm interested in your organisation at your level, is that a, you know, is that a big thing for you finding the right operators and how do you go about that? Because, you know, when you're raising millions of dollars, presumably you're not the one running these websites yourself, yet you've got a team of operators, I'm presuming, and, and also, yeah, if we look at what's in it for those operators as well, how do you attract someone to, to run, you know, multiple businesses and stuff? Yeah, um, I actually just tweeted today about how the better I get at business, the worse I get at SEO because I've like, <laughs> oh, I've, yeah. sort of, I've sort of abdicated that responsibility to other people now. So um, I'm definitely not the one running these businesses. And how do I attract yeah. people? Um, yeah. You know, it's this thing. We, we talked about it, I think, at your boot camp and people in the audience definitely were like, yeah, why would anyone want to work for yeah. you if they... Yeah, they have built these skills for themselves, and yep. I get that. You know, I say they get Yeah, say they get to six figures. That that was the question, wasn't it? Say that you know they're successful with this, they're making 10, 20 grand a month off their websites. How do you attract someone like that? What's the attraction to them to come over to you? Um, the ability to do something bigger. Uh, for mm -hmm. some people, if you if you can get a website to a hundred thousand dollars or 200,000 value, maybe you're making five, 10K a month. Yep. Um, yeah, why do you need to work for me? I would say most people don't, but some people want to do something bigger without necessarily having the entrepreneurial stresses that come along with it. Like, you know, maybe they want to just focus on running a portfolio of websites, but they don't want to deal with paying freelancers or they don't want to yep. deal with um, uh, the insecurity of running a portfolio when it's, also directly responsible for your salary. Maybe people have been burned by a Google update before. Maybe someone doesn't have SEO skills, mm. they've got business skills and they want to run a portfolio. Maybe they think, wow, Onfolio is doing something cool. I can get shares in a public company yeah. while they're still cheap. I'm going to come and join. Um, yeah. It turns out there's actually more people in the world who want to be employees <laughs> than there are ah. people who want to be entrepreneurs. And a lot of people start out being an entrepreneur and then they go, actually, you know what? I'm ready to, I, I, it's kind of lonely being an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to throw in my chips with, you know, some other people who are, who are doing something awesome. Um, so I've actually been, you know, I went into this being like, man, I need to hire operators. That's going to be impossible because of what yeah. we just said. Uh, but I'll, yeah. I'll post some jobs and see what happens. And the more on folio has, gained prominence in the space and the more yeah. 
it's kind of a self-fulfilling thing where the larger the team grows, the easier it is to attract people because a talented people, their peers are talented people as well. So they yeah. attract people uh, and B it's not just like, Oh, I've got to go work for this Dom guy. It's like, wow, look at that company. They look yeah. like they have fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to join them. Uh, and so, you know, some people, they like the idea of, I allocate them a few million dollars from our next raise and say, go build a portfolio yeah. for us. And, you know, obviously we'll own it. It's not your own thing, but could you do that by yourself? Maybe, but yeah, do you yeah. want to have to do it by yourself? Maybe not. So. Yeah. I guess there's just, a big uh, attraction. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can see there would be a big attraction to people who've been successful, but they want that security but then at the same time, they've got this big, like you said, that might get handed a couple of mil and said, right, go for your life. You run this business now. And um, so it's, they still kind of get to be entrepreneurial in that they've got to build it and build that website up and get a return, but it's not their personal millions of dollars on the line. So I guess that would be very attractive to people. Yeah, I mean... It's not just operators as well. So, for example, my my president, who I hired as a COO, I, and then I promoted yeah. her to president, she was at a mastermind early on, and she always treated Onfolio like it was her company as well um, mm -hmm. because she came in and she essentially built the company with me. And, you know, I gave her uh, enough shares later on to justify that. But early on, someone said to her, just remember you're building his dream, not your dream. And... Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and my response was, well, how can we make it so that Onfolio builds both of our dreams? Um, and, uh, you know, I've always tried to create a company where it doesn't just build my dreams, but also the people who, who join. And so I think, yeah. you know, we also help build people's dreams when we buy their businesses from them as well. So yeah. really, without sounding a bit woo-woo, that's the idea behind Onfolio. And if someone's dream is to do their own thing, then <laughs> stay away. Yeah. But yeah. if their dream is to be part of an awesome company and they think we're that, then cool. that, that's all that should matter. What about finding deals in this marketplace then, Dom? What, how are you finding that at the moment? Because that, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, there's an abundance of businesses for sale. Yeah, that's always going to be the way. Um, but it's okay. Yeah, the prices I'm hoping are going to come down somewhat now that um, uh, yeah. the public markets are hit because what, what you see in the public markets is usually three or four times as as bad in the private markets so private equity i'm going to be porting up the the multiples as much so if there are people in your audience who are thinking about selling their business i would say sell it sooner rather than later because you might oh, get good advice a better price you might get like a three to five 3.5 to 4x multiple now but in six months well, it's not going to be higher in six months. It might be the same. Mm. So you might think, okay, well, in six months, I could grow the business, so I'll wait. But it might also be in six months that you can only get 3x for it. So you kind of have yeah. to do a little bit of a you know, mental arithmetic and be like, well, I could grow it by three grand, but if I get three instead of 3.5, you know, so you, you, know, you just have to yeah. ask yourself what, what, what you think is a, is a good thing to do. Um, from our perspective, it's great because we're hoping we won't have to pay as much. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> for sellers, I would say it's probably better to, to sell sooner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Dom, it's just awesome, um, you know, finding out where you're at and your background. 
So I guess to finish, you mentioned a favourite quote of yours that we actually quote here too, and, and I think you, you corrected me on who actually said this, but can you share that with everyone? Because I think it's particularly relevant in light of your journey um, and particularly when you think about it, here we are 10 years down the track. So, yeah, can you, can you tell us that quote that inspired you? Yeah, so I think it's Bill Gates. You said you thought it was Tony Robbins, and I Googled it. And <laughs> yeah. It was attributed to Bill Gates, but you, you never know, you know, just because just the first result says it's Bill Gates. So anyway, it's either Bill Gates <laughs> or it's Tony Robbins. Yeah. Both good quotes type people. Both good um, quotes, yeah. Uh, it's people underestimate what they can achieve so they overestimate what they can achieve in a year and they underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years. Um, yeah. And like I've lived that exact 10 yeah. year period and it's, it's definitely true for me. So how that quote translates to advice for, you know, your audience, yeah. your students is just keep going. Like you'll probably be disappointed in the first year because you'll think either you haven't seen any results or you've just seen really underwhelming results, but, um 10 years is a long time and if you do keep going and it's not going to it's not going to be nine years of sucking it's going to be like maybe two or three years and slowly getting better and then you'll look back after 10 years and be like wow i didn't see that coming so yeah remember that quote and when you have those dark times when you're questioning yourself and wondering if you are ever going to make it and you can't sleep at night and you're just like other people have made money why can't i do it just remember that it's supposed to take a long time and you can get there if you keep going. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Don. It's just unreal. What a, what a perfect example of someone who, you know, 10 years ago started out bootstrapping this, building websites, made your first $500 online. And like Dom says, it is a journey. And as you all know, is what we teach. It's a bit like this up and down, but then 10 years later, you're making millions and you're building a million-dollar portfolio. But So thank you very much, Dom, from onfolio.com. Thanks for, for, for coming back and doing a follow-up interview with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been, it's been great. Awesome. You've been listening to a Digital Investors podcast with Matt and Liz Rad from the eBusiness Institute. If you'd like more great content, interviews, and inspiration, make sure you subscribe here in your podcast app or visit digitalinvestors.com for more insights into the future of investing online.